0: so glad to be in the house of the Lord. But I tell you, even though I was away, I was still in his presence and seeking his face. And as I was in prayer this morning, the Lord gave us a specific word for the month of December. He didn't say January 2019. He said for the month of December. So he gave me the word, and as he gave me the word, Another prophet sent me a word that confirmed what God was given to me. This word is, um, I have a specific word for Pastor Otha and Lorana, but this word is also for Lionheart and also for whoever will listen and receive his word today. So give me a minute and let me put my glasses on so I can read. So the Lord was saying that there was a shift occurring. And I know if y'all, men and women of God, y'all can feel that it's a powerfully heavenly shift that's, taking a, um, you know, that's happening right now. But I would hear the Lord say, these are the words for the month of uh, December. I kept hearing the word, point of no return. Point of no return being declared for the month of December okay so let me kind of unpack what God gave me and I typed all this up I believe that the prophetically speaking that this has the supernatural potential to be the month where we step forward and never ever to return where we used to be Thank you, Jesus. And God was telling me about that similar situation when Moses and the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea in Exodus 14. The Egyptian army was following them. And one thing was certain. Crossing the body of water meant there was no going back. I can imagine they felt the seriousness of it all. And maybe even felt some fear of the unknown. Allow yourself to feel what they must have felt. Because I'm sure y'all can relate. Just like God parted the Red Sea for the Israelites, I believe that December prophetically is the month where God is parting the Red Sea for you. Similarly, Similarly to the Israelites, you have to cross over to the other side. And as you do, I believe that God is... Closing the waters behind you to point that you won't be able to go back into that old season again. So Lionheart, will you do it? Will you cross over? Jesus will hold your hand and walk, you, walk with you. But you will have to move your feet and partner with him. Take an act of faith in your life. I believe there is going to be and come a moment in this month where you take the step to the other side. It will be an act of faith on your part. And you'll know it when it happens. Just remember this moment and realize that you're at a moment of a point of no return. And these are the words that I heard the Father God say for Lionheart and for Pastor Otha. And then Pastor Otha as I was getting that word, the Lord began to bring you to me. And he told me to let you know that it will be some in the congregation, and it's and it's almost like it's already has started. That some you were asked to have to leave. It was some God is just moving on for it's their season. They was just only here for a season. Then he said there would be those that he will be leading you. To push them out to start their own ministries. He said, because that's what he called you to do. For you to equip us and send us out. But then those there are some he has equipped to stay right here and to walk with you. But God said, be it that though it may, for whatever reason, be it good or be it bad, every time one leave, God said he will bring three souls in place of that one. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God said get ready to prepare, prepare a place because next year, he said 2019, you will see amazement things happen. He said he's taking you into a journey that no man has been. He said no man has been where he's taking you. And so when you go to Africa, this will be a journey like never before. God's going to show you things and you will have visitations that you never had before. And God said he is going to do great and miraculous things. Because what he puts in you will fall on this house, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then I could also see in the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all pray in the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I can also see in the realm of the spirit that it was, some things would be duplicated when you start off. It's almost like a duplication of Bishop of Yedipo when you start off. But then all of a sudden, it's almost like God is guiding you. And once you get it, he said, take your wings and fly. And when you fly, you will be flying in him. He's going to create blueprints as you fly. For this next generation God said he hasn't forgot you That he's proud of you But this is your season Be cautious Be aware of who you listen to Who again Who you let in your circle God says, stay cautious Stay cautious Your spirit of discernment When you come back You you got a strong discernment now But when you come back It will be a heightened a thousand times So you can be aware So you can be at the faith You know Face this demonic force that's coming so God is saying, we're at a point, Heart, of no return. This is your time. This is your season. God is your partner. And let's ride with him to the end. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's ride with him to the end. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise his holy name. Stand up and give God praise. Dance for the Lord. Hallelujah. Dance for the Lord. Hallelujah. Dance for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, shout to the Lord one more
2: time. Uh, but one of the things that I shared on the call was is that one of the things that has confused the body of Christ for a long time is the word destiny. You hear people, you know, fulfill destiny You see the movie, you've been called to fulfill destiny And I heard that all the time With the preachers talking about destiny God has called you to fulfill a destiny And I never understood that I just never understood that you know. And nobody explained it You know how many preachers are good for making you shout With no understanding, y'all know what I'm saying (laughs) You know, ah You still have no idea what you're talking about Ten years later, ah Still have no idea what he's talking about Thirty years later, ah Still have no idea what he's talking about I can't do that and so, so as a result of me hearing that, I ask questions because God is a question answering God. And so, destiny is not a final destination for most people. Destiny is a series of destinations over your life. Okay, um, um it is a series of destinations that are ordered by the Lord in the natural. And, and so I encourage people in this season, sometimes when you're in a situation, you, you you want the full kit and caboodle. Lord, give me everything. Lord generally doesn't do that. The Generally, what the Lord does is He gives you the next step for that road. Now, if you're a person and you are actively living in sin, the only step that they give you is the step back into righteousness. No steps are given for prosperity while you are living in sin. And so, because of that, what happens is that people will still be listening to the Lord and a familiar spirit will speak instead of God because he knows you're still looking for an answer. That's what happened to Saul. The Bible says that Saul was sinning, started sinning, started doing stuff, started not listening to God. And it says that he sought the Lord for an answer about something. And it says the Lord, didn't say the Lord could not, it says the Lord would not answer him. It said he wouldn't answer him through lots, which we would actually call a form of gambling today. He wouldn't answer him through the prophet. And he wouldn't answer him through a dream. He refused to talk to the man. Because, yeah, I'm not giving you any further direction for success. And so as a result of that, the man turned to a witch. Okay, so you have to be very, very careful in that regards. But your destiny is a series of destinations. In the natural, when you are in your mother's room, your first destination is to be born into another dimension. That's the first destination. If you put it in an area of education, You know, when you enter into the world, there's a season where you are traveling through time, and then you get to the next destination, which is actually a series of destinations. The next destination is called education. When you get to that destination, you have a series of destination points. First grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. Okay, when you're in fourth grade, they're not talking about sixth grade. They're talking about, how about we just make sure that you handle fourth grade right now. If you manage fourth grade correctly, the next stop will be automatic. Okay, 8th grade, then we get to 12th grade, you enter into another dimension of education. When you graduate, then you then move into another season called adulthood. And then during that period of time, you then start what you call destination points, where you're supposed to be in a certain city at a certain time. You're supposed to go to a particular school, sometimes work in a particular field. For some of us, when it comes to our spouses, the reason why sometimes you don't, you will generally not meet your spouse in your amount of time. It's a destination point. Okay? And sometimes what happens is the Lord is working on him and he's working on her. And then they meet at the right time um, so that they can be successful instead of failure. See, I get that point. So you always want to seek the Lord about the next step. You know, when it comes to um, Elijah and there was a famine, the Lord didn't tell him what was going to happen and all that. He just told him, go over here to this river. He said, just sit there for a while. That was the next step. That was a destination point. Go over there and just sit there for a while. And it says that when he sat there, it says that he drank from the brook and he said birds came and brought him the provision that he needed. That's another thing. doesn't matter if it's an up economy or a down economy. When you are in the right spot, where you're supposed to be, Expect and demand, God, to give you your provision in spite of the up and down. It's not whether it's up. It's not whether it's down. It's not whether the housing market is up or down. It's not whether the stock market is down. It's whether you're in the right place you're supposed to be. That's why the Bible says Isaac was in the right place he was supposed to be. And in famine, he sold and received in a dry land a hundredfold return. Because it didn't matter the state of land All it didn't matter of the state of his address. He was in the right spot. Destination point. Say So... Same thing with Elijah. It's amazing that when Mary and Joseph, when Mary was pregnant with Jesus and his life was in danger. Um, if you go back and read that story, it says an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, go to this particular city and stay there. He did not say, go to this particular city and stay there. And after a certain amount of time that God is looking for your son's life will be dead and you can do, do such, and such. such. No nope, destination point. See, your your destiny is not some final point. A destiny is a series of points you are supposed to be at in order to continue your walk with God. And that's why you need to ask God for the next step because in the scripture, all he did was give them the next step. When it came to Abraham, he didn't say, Abraham, leave here and then in in two weeks you're going to arrive here and then you're going to go there and then you're going to go there. That's how we plan vacations. He said, Abraham, start walking. That was the first destination point. Just walk. And if you start walking... After you've walked a while Then I'll tell you where the next point is Not getting it How many you know we like to get it up front I know I do That's just human nature You want to know everything up front I don't want to be on the shame show Hey So Proverbs 16, 9 We can make our plans But the Lord is the one who determines our steps Have you ever noticed that your plans Don't always come to pass the way they're supposed to But a lot of times your plans do work out but that was the hardest thing because I had my own, you know what I mean by this, my own plans when I first started this church, based on what I thought God did and how churches go. And but it's 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 uh, obvious that God had another plan. So we make our own plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So always remember this. This is the reason why the Bible says, acknowledge God in all your ways, and He will direct your path. I mean, no, we can think of some stuff. I know I can't, y'all. I can think of some stuff that have me on CNN tomorrow. I can think of some stuff, okay? And so it's okay for you to think it up. It's okay for you to write it down. It's okay for you to put it on a vision board, but just remember that what you put down, the Lord may direct you some a different way, a different time frame, a different person. All oh, God. He may cancel your little sorry plans and institute up. Let me tell you something. Anytime the Lord asks you to cancel something, it's because what he asks you to cancel is his definition of poverty always remember that God never has you cancel something that's prosperous if he has you cancel something it's because that's his definition of poverty and he has something better if he has you cancel them I mean sometimes there's some folk you gotta get away from if he has you cancel them it's because that's his definition of poverty or for you I'm glad he spoke to the ones that are ooh i wouldn't be here today if i had married somebody else oh lord hey. jeremiah 10 23-24 i know lord that our lives are not our own that's a very important thing your life is not your own and if it's not your own then why are you trying to run it if it's not your own why are you trying to do your own thing if it's not your own you should be asking the lord lord if my life is not mine then I should be only doing what you told me to do with my life. We are not able to plan our own course. So correct me, Lord, but please be gentle. Do not correct me in anger, because if you did, I would die. That's a lesson, you all, to be careful how to speak to your spouses, because uh, how, how you speak to them when you correct someone, it's better... To ask someone what you need them to do, versus always telling them what they're not doing. See you right there? See what I mean? I gotta say it again quickly because I never. I, I, that just came out. It is better to tell someone what you need them to do, versus constantly telling them what they are not doing. No, watch this you never keep the house clean you never keep the house clean you never keep the house clean it would be better and we're programmed that way to speak that way but it would be better to say hey um could you clean up I need you to keep the house clean or I need you to uh uh, clean the kitchen or could you get on top of doing certain things versus you never never because when you say you never that's a pronouncement um and your words let me say this anything that you say over individual forces will try to make that come to pass Okay, so do not correct me in anger, for I would die. And let me tell you something whenever you're angry, if you can just hold on for that sometimes for two three days and constantly ask the Lord to open up your eyes, you'll find that this is a trick by the devil. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've been. I've, the, the devil has attempted many a times when I say many, he, when I tell you this, he has attempted many a times for me to say something. To my wife or kids or somebody else that would have destroyed them that wasn't even true i had to sit on it for two three days why is this in my mind and i could see myself saying it see myself doing it you know and 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 then and i just hold back it's rare it's it's very hard for satan to break me now only because of the experience and i'll wait and i'll wait and i'll wait and i'll wait And, and the devil is not that patient and so, because you see that in Luke chapter four, he hit Jesus with that, and when Jesus had an answer, he shifted to something else. So if you can just hold on and hold your peace and hold your mouth and just pray and just think, and it'll feel like you burn it up on the inside, folks. Okay, and eventually it'll break, and when it breaks, then the sunshine <laughs> will come and shine on the darkness, and you'll see that it was neither you or your wife or your kids; it was Satan. Psalm thirty-seven twenty-three. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Let's read that again. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. So he does not necessarily direct the steps of the sinner. God does get into directing the steps of the sinner if he knows that the sinner is going to be giving his life to Christ. Excuse me. Okay. As a Christian, if you start living ungodly, then the Lord will direct your steps only to repentance. We can't because when you start living ungodly, when you start living in sin, when you start doing something you have no business doing, it's it is the equivalent of you're headed to California and you decide to jump on seventy-five North headed to Michigan thinking you're going to get to California. And so because you're on the wrong road, you're trying to get the mission, I might have reversed that. You're headed to California. You're supposed to be going to California. But you're actually headed towards Michigan. So why is the Lord going to give you any more revelation on the road to Michigan? The only revelation it's going to give you is how to get back to the road that leads you to California. And you always know that you're at the right destination because of signs. That's something that we'll teach later on. So the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Think about that. When the scripture says God is interested in every detail, it literally means every detail. That's why he knows how many hair follicles you have. I think I said that correctly. Yeah. (laughs) He knows, but you don't. I mean, he knows how many hairs are in your nose. You don't. Okay. You know, you know how many hairs are all over your body. You don't. I mean, that's an amazing God that knows that about each. He, he can look at you. Y'all gotta remember, when God looks at you, He doesn't see the physical. He actually sees you all the way down to the cellular level. I mean, it's amazing how God sees. That's why the Bible says the light and the dark is the same to Him. He can't tell a difference. It's all the same. That's why He said you can't hide. I can see everything. We think it's amazing how we think we can hide from God. <laughs> no, you can't. That's the dumbest trick in the world. To think you can hide from God. Okay, so he's interested in every detail, what you wear, what you eat, what you need to do, the desires of your heart. He's interested in every detail. If you got a cold, if you're having a bad day, he's interested in that. Okay. And though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Talking about the godly. So all of us, I mean, sometimes we've stumbled and it feels like you're getting ready to be lost forever. Lord won't let you lose like that. He's holding on to your hand. There's a scripture I didn't put down. I love it. And it says that when it comes to the godly, every time they take a step, um, it says God enlarges the step so that you don't trip and fall. That's a wonderful scripture in Psalms, I believe. It says he enlarges the place of my step so that I will not stumble. So, so, so you know you have to. That's a symbolic gesture, gesture, you know. But, but he's saying that when it comes to the decisions that we make in life, if it wasn't for the Lord, you would have failed a whole bunch of them. You know what I'm saying? It's some stuff you jumped out there on financially, and if it wasn't for the Lord covering your behind, man, you'd be in prison or homeless or both. So, you know, I am a. Uh, I'll share this dream and then give these couple of words so we can be out. It's raining all day. So I'm glad y'all came out today. So I um so my I can't explain this, but I uh this is on I better not say that. Well never mind. So uh so Lisa this dream centers around you and what's interesting is I knew I had a word of instruction for you. Similar to one that I gave uh, One of the business people That's a member of our church I gave him a word A couple Sundays ago At the Sunday location But nevertheless I'll just read the dream This happened last night Had I not written this dream I, laid, I had this dream That fellas fallen asleep on the couch In our bedroom and Had the dream And So when I woke up I just kept meditating on the dream So I was able to record it When I got up this morning I had forgotten the dream so if I hadn't written it down, I would have been messed up. It says, I start preaching in the dream. And when I look up, there are only about five people in the auditorium. As I continue preaching, I realize I need to give an older lady a word and give Lisa a word. Now what's interesting is, in the dream, I know I'm supposed to give Lisa those same words that I'm supposed to give her this morning. And Lisa is a little sleepy in the service. I don't know what that means. Maybe I was being bored or something right now. I don't know. Maybe she had a hard night. I don't know. I get frustrated. Now, let me, now, let me say this right now. What the Lord does is dreams take on different, many different types of natures. Sometimes the Lord will create, this is going to seem strange, He will create fictional characters, but it's still truth. So He'll use people in a dream. It doesn't mean that they've been doing this or that they are going do that. He just picks characters And then he places them in a fictitious movie, but the movie is speaking of your situation, which is true. Y'all got me? Let me just go ahead and read the dream. Let's start over. I start preaching, and when I look up, there are only about five people in the auditorium. As I continue preaching, I realize I have to give an older lady a word and Lisa a word. Lisa's a little sleepy in the service. I get frustrated because Mozart left the sanctuary, and I need him to play. So I have someone go and get him. As I give the older lady the word, Mozart is playing something very beautiful. As I attempt to give Lisa the same word that I'm going to give her now, all of a sudden things start to change in the service. Mozart changes the prophetic music he was playing and starts playing something that was different, like pop music. As he starts playing something different, it breaks my prophetic flow and I'm not able to give Lisa the word. So I tell my wife to run over and tell Mozart to stop playing that and play something more prophetic. My wife decides not to do that, but to give him a CD to play instead. As I watch my wife open up the CD case on the stage in front of Mozart, I rebuke my wife in front of everyone and tell her I told her to tell Mozart to play, not give him a CD. I then look up at the arena and the place is packed with people. Some are ministers from my previous organization, some are friends, some are first-time visitors. Huh? just realized that most of you were not even in that dream. I take a moment to teach on the... And so as a result of this frustration, I then turn to the audience and I take a moment to teach on the importance of the obedience to details during prophetic moments. People come to the altar asking for prayer. I lay hands on a couple of people and they fall down. As I try to give Lisa the word again, more people are coming to the altar, getting on their knees. And then I notice a man literally trying to smoke a cigarette on his knees at the altar. I then kick him out the sanctuary. As all this continues, I'm wondering what the people from my previous ministry are thinking. And I notice it's 11.50 and I need to close the service. I'm very frustrated and I never give Lisa the word into the dream end. So normally I would not share something like that but I don't, don't, I don't know why I felt like I was supposed to share it before I gave her the word. You know, in some aspects I understand it wasn't until I got here this morning and just things that I have to deal with sometimes that I realized that part of the dream was the Lord warning me Not to get frustrated with everything that I was dealing with going to Nigeria, so I wouldn't give you the word. Because there are times you can get so frustrated, you just turn off. You know, typically we'd have to deal with people. and, And in this dream, this was a dream of people not following my directions. You know, and so when people don't follow directions, it frustrates you, it frustrates you. And your anointing starts to zap, 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 zap. So I know that was a warning. But I also felt, based on the law of due reference, that it was also a warning concerning the very thing you prophesied about stepping out—that's what you're gonna to have to deal with when you go to other places. You're gonna deal with a high level of frustration because these people, the Lord will send you into places, and they don't know order. You know, they don't know prophetic protocol. They don't know—all they know is religious music. You know what I'm saying? They don't know that certain certain music um, makes the prophetic flow turn on, and you can stay on that thing for five hours if the music keeps on. going that's, the, that's why I keep saying that. I'm going to bounce back and forth between ministering to her and ministering to y'all. That's the reason why I keep saying oh, I'm getting ready to close. Every time I say I'm getting ready to close, I really do believe I'm getting ready to close. But because of the, particularly when that music is on, it's terrible. Oh my God, that music makes the, that revelation stream. So when I I say, I, I hear something, and then I say, okay, that's my last point. And so I say this is my last point. Y'all, I do this every weekend, on not but when I give the next point, okay, then another point comes because the music is actually calling for more points. You know, Lord said something to me that he said, let me tell you what makes your ministry very, very dangerous. And when the Lord says your, he doesn't mean to mean your. It means the ministry that we put you in charge of. He said, uh, and, and because he was warning me about being a, more aware of the power that we walk in and the dimension and the authority. And he brought something to my attention this morning. He said, "He said now Mozart is like David, and because of what he plays, he plays the demons out." He said, "The inner healing team is back there right now. They they like Mark sixteen, and they actually in the back casting them out." He said, "Then because of the prophets in the house, he said they are revealing them out. In other words." We're going to reveal to you what the enemy is doing in your life. And God says, that stops right now. So when the enemy is looking at a house and he says, you know what? If we can get in, they kick us right back out. And because of the level of the music, we can only send the strong ones. And the strong ones don't operate in great power. The strong ones operate in great deception. And if they can't get you with evil, they get you with good. Things that are good. But guess what, y'all? There are many things that are good. That in the kingdom, always mm, I'm gonna make a strong statement. In the kingdom of God, most good is still considered evil. <laughs> most, not all. Okay. So that's what three one. So I'm gonna just share this with you. There are some things that are given privately. There are some that are given publicly. And so um, I gave a word to, you know, it's interesting that when the Lord speaks to the people that are with us now, I'll share more on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is going to blow your mind, just the revelation about us being on the right path. And so it's interesting when the Lord speaks to certain people about our ministry, he doesn't call them by their earthly name. So usually when he's talking about Mozart, he'll call him David. Because David had that ability with the music. To, did the David just played one instrument and demons couldn't handle the music. Do you realize how powerful that is when demons can't handle the music you play? Okay. So when he refers to Lisa, he calls her Elijah and Elisha. Yeah. So, and the, you know, some of the business people tend to don't want their stuff to be quiet. But usually when he speaks about the business people, who either call him Abraham or Solomon. Because of the richest aspect, the richest aspect. Abraham, we call him a prophet. I think the Bible might have called him a prophet. But Abraham uh, was a straight up businessman. And that's why when God first approached Abraham, he approached him as a businessman. Okay? You don't this is the reason why God walked up to Abraham and he's the first thing he said was, Okay, Abraham, I'm gonna make you rich. Businessman. I'm gonna make your name great, businessman. And because of your great name and your riches, the folk who come behind you, they're going to also be blessed as a result of where i take you. That's businessman talk. Okay? And so there's a huge revelation that has been lost in the body of Christ concerning businessmen, particularly because when you set down the dream and vision aspect of ministry, you set down one of the main ways that the Lord leads and guides the businessman, Okay? Because that's the way, that's one of the main ways that He directs them. You know, He has to. So... So one of the words that I gave to one of the businessmen, the Lord had revealed to me, we were writing writing a praise and worship, and this was just swirling around, Now the Lord had me prophesy over this man, a man about his importance. We are all equal in the sight of God. Because of that equality, it's quite possible for the usher to get a greater reward than the pastor. It's quite possible for the secretary to get a greater reward than the businessman, depending on how they carry themselves. So don't never be moved by somebody's title. They church, their degrees, their business. People are impressed by that, but God isn't. God is impressed by one thing, character and holiness. Okay? So so the Lord had me prophesy over this individual that um, there's a scene in Scripture where David's men, David was was jumping out there because he was... You know, that's how I am. David was just like, I don't need no help, y'all. Just come on, we're going to go in here and just kill everybody. Y'all roll with me. And they told David, they said, no, sir. They said, we need you to be careful. They said, because to lose you will be like losing an entire nation. And so the Lord had me prophesy over this gentleman that to lose him would be like losing 10,000 men. Because of the impact that him and his wife were going to have in the future. And so, you know, we pray for the grace of the Lord to be upon him and for him to be careful. And the reason why the Lord directs this individual heavily in dreams is because of the mandate. So anybody in here is just as equal to him, but his responsibilities are weightier because of the people that it's going to affect. Y'all got me? Okay, so that's reason. Really, so don't ever, don't ever feel like the Lord never gives me a word. Let me tell you something. So, usually if you haven't got a word, it's one of two things. you living in sin or you on the right track right now. And if you're on the right track right now, the Lord doesn't even say anything to you because He does not waste words. Sometimes He keep giving me the, the reason why I keep getting all these prophecies because I'm in the most dangerous spot. You are. I don't know what I'm doing. The devil is after me every single day. I got to be spoken to. I can't see nothing. Y'all know what I'm saying? So don't be you. I've never got a prophecy. Well, let's switch places. You may want to switch back. You know what I'm saying? You'll be cracking me up. I know. I'm say. Unfortunately, it's been glamorized. That people that are close to God get the prophecies. No, it's usually the ones that are in danger of destroying themselves to get the prophecies. Because of where they're going into. They can't see the enemy coming because he's always after them. They're going over into different different arenas that, that are beyond the norm. I have to do a better job of sharing with her the stuff. Man, let me tell you something. I have watched her share certain things over people. Now, I keep my mouth closed. This is the carnal mind. I keep my mouth closed. i just sat right there, right at the other location. And she'll be prophesying something over somebody. And my corner mommy like, I don't know about that. She might have missed it today. But the scripture says, the way you determine the real from the false is did it come to pass. And sometimes I had to wait. Because usually them ones that I don't think is going to come to pass, they take about a year to a year and a half to come to pass. But when they come to pass, they come to pass in such a way. I'll be sitting over the Lord. I just want to give you my life to, again, because I'm such a heathen. <laughs> you know, I don't know why I think I'm an expert on everything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're all been there. Okay, so let me get back on track. <clears throat> That's my style of ministering. I can minister in and out of prophecy because the Lord is always uh, as a pastor, a prophet just goes in. Wham! The Lord got something for you. I don't care nothing about the rest of them. in it. Jesus. That's the, the the prophet is a straight up eagle. They just come in for the kill, swoop down, bam, got to go flying again to see where else I got to destroy. That's the that's the prophet. The pastor is not like that. The pastor is a tender of sheep, so he can be. Now the problem is is that prophets. That's why now she's not like that at all. But that's why most prophets are mean. They just always seek and destroy. Warfare too long will make you a very mean and angry person. You can see that in movies. Okay? Where pastors are, we have what we call the shepherd rods. My my greatest anointing is to keep people safe. And that's the thing that grieves me. As long as we're giving people a word about their upcoming and their increasing and their blessing and their bountifulness, oh, hallelujah, fall out on the ground. As soon as I say, uh, stop, you just made a wrong decision, well, you know, I can hear from God just like you. Well, wonderful then. Go ahead. Bring your head into the wall if you want to. Like I ain't got nothing else better to do than to mess up your life. Okay, so but the unfortunate thing is, is that the pastor can be too nice. He's always trying to call, come on, baby sheep. Come on, you you know, don't go over there with the wolf. And, and oh, you know, he, he he won't even let the sheep feed themselves. He's just picking up the grass and come on. He, he makes the sheep lazy. And that's just, so, so when I give a word, whenever I give a word, I, I, I'm just wired to be sensitive to how other people might feel when I'm giving somebody a word. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I will go down that line of God is not a respecter of persons, this is how prophecy works, all of those things. And it's very interesting that, you know, all of these things are really coming to pass right now in the dream that I had last night. <clears throat> so, so the same word that I gave the individual about 10,000 is the same word that the Lord gave you, which is with this individual, the Lord said to lose him, to lose 10,000. But this is exactly what the Lord said. He said, but to lose Lisa would be to lose a million destinations. Now, the Lord said a million, but he did not mean a million. I just know the Lord liked that. Why, well, that didn't sound right. I know how the Lord operates. Because whatever the Lord tells you, that's not the end, that's the beginning. Okay? So, so, Yonggi Cho wrote down he wanted 10,000 members. The Lord told him change that. That's poverty. Write down 100,000 members. He wrote down 100,000 And when I went to visit him in the year 2000, he was already at 700,000. So what he wrote down down was too low. God gave him his first destination point. He didn't tell him what you were going to end up with. He said, this is what I want you to focus on is 100,000. Now I'm going to take you further than that, but I'm not going to tell you that. He didn't realize the Lord was taking him further than that until he passed that. Okay. So I wrote down on the mountain. I said, Lord, I want another thousand people, members of the church. So he may be erased. That that's poverty. He had me putting down something else. So in the same way, with the million, I know that is, I feel that the Lord said a million, but it's ten. And that may seem strange, but when you give one person a word, there are other 10, 12 people that hold on to it. Okay. And so we've had people that have operated already in some huge financial miracles, the type that if you told people this was was going to happen, they wouldn't believe. And they held on to that thing And that thing happened We're starting to operate in a very mysterious dimension When I tell you This church is starting to operate in a dimension of wealth That is scary I mean it's scary like we're already keeping this Quiet scary There's some stuff the Lord, It's obvious that the Lord is preparing the people to finance What we can't do Okay. Thank you oh Lord God So The thing is The thing is, the Lord just wants you to be careful of, and this is, is to, uh, to make sure that as much as possible, you are where you're supposed to be. Um, I don't, if your car breaks down, call somebody to pick you up on the bat phone. I don't know, sometimes, you know, you may have to deal with your husband. You know, me and we don't feel good. We turn into five-year-old kids. I just need somebody to pick up a spoon for me. Women get sick, man. They still go to work, still fight crime, stop at the grocery store, get their nails done, come home, cook, all that. Clean the house, go to sleep. Sick, coughing, and everything. Talking to the girlfriend. Man, they get sick. They laying up in the bed. huh oh, oh, I'm getting woozy. Oh, I think the. Oh, this this man can't handle it. Maybe y'all got training with having babies or something. I don't know. Okay. But the reason that that's important is because because of, uh, there are some people that they're supposed to be here. And because they're not, they missed what the Lord had to share with them. And then there are times, it's very, very dangerous. And she's done nothing wrong. It's just that the Lord is dealing with all of us about taking. We have been declassified so long. And we have been told we are nothing so long. And we have been devalued and shut down so long that even when you get to a place where you're doing something, you can miss how important it is. And so, so you not being here or the Sunday, you've got to really pray about when you're supposed to be. If there's something that happens outside, many a times it will be a smoke smokescreen because there will be people that will be here. And because you're not, they will miss their destination point. It is. And we always want to make those mistakes. So yes, Devon is the head prophet but for safety. He's for safety. But well, your gifting is the strongest out of everybody's right now. And so the, 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 the safe. You know, when you study the superheroes, they put the weakest ones in charge because their strongest trait was leadership and safety. When you look at the Avengers, who did they have in charge Lee, Captain America? He had a little bit of supernatural strength, but the truth be told is most of the Avengers could kill Captain America. His leadership skill was his character. He believed in doing things which is right. He didn't lose his temper, you know what I'm saying? And he had the ability to direct everybody about the misuse of power. That's what the Avengers movies have been about. Okay? So so we're here more for that protective part, you know, and that's been going excellent. But just remember, yeah, he might be the head, but the gifting. And so the gifting has to be protected. And they're going to be, there. I'm telling you, who the Lord is going to send up in here? one word from the prophet can cause them to leapfrog over 20 years. And, and you never know who you're giving a word to. Because you might be giving a word to the next Billy Graham. And see, before, see, the Lord will give you the word, but He won't show you the destiny. And so the enemy will be attacking you over their destiny, and you actually think it's about the word. You understand what I'm saying? Thank you, O oh Lord God. Okay, so this is a thing of being careful. Just a thing of being careful. And so, um, Thank you, Jesus. Pray in the spirit for a second. Thank you, O Lord God. Blessed be your holy name, O God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praises be unto thee, O Lord God. Thank you, O Lord Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, O Lord. Glory to God, hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Glory to God, hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you Lord Jesus Glory to God I thank you Lord Okay I know it was one of the last part That I forgot So The uh, so, so with that That Ah, uh, thank you Jesus Whew. Um, This is the thing for you to remember What Elijah And Elisha Were to the children of Israel That's what you are to this church In the kingdom of God I know that's a heavy responsibility. Y'all don't be poking her and trying to rub elbows of the anointing. them come on folk like that. Okay. Leave. These people that are highly gifted, leave. they want to be left alone. Say hi and by. Treat them like a regular person because they are. It's the gifting that makes them Superman. Okay? So, and and so, because I, watching you, have learned greatly about what God wanted to restore. Understand now why pastors are not allowed to jump out there into the deep, because the the without the prophet, the pastor um, will eventually run up in the stuff that are traps to shut the church down. I'm um, sorry, without the prophet, um, but without the pastor, the prophet will get out there and and destroy themselves because of the power. Great power will destroy you. Okay, so that's what you are. You are Elijah and Elijah. Because I was like, Lord, which one is she? He said both. Um, Oh, because y'all, what we, every person in this room, we carry the completion of everybody that went before us. Okay? We're not just the ones who walk in the last days, we carry the stuff from the past. That's why the Bible said about John the Baptist, it said the spirit of Elijah was in John the Baptist. Who said that? Because we're carrying. Spirits, that's what I know the, the occult talks that way, but the occult is a watered down version of this. When you let the occult thrive and we don't say nothing, it seems like they do It's slow level trash. Okay? Some of the stuff that's in the Bible make the occult seem like Disneyland. Okay, so but just remember that because one of the things about Elijah and Elijah, um, especially, I mean, just their ability. There, there's a story in the Bible that says that a great army. Kept trying to attack Israel. And said the Prophet was sitting at home and said every time they got ready to come and attack Israel, the Prophet would make a phone call. "Uh, Excuse me, Mr. King. Yes, I was watching TV, and the Lord just wanted me to let you know that the army is getting ready to come um, down the east-west connector to your front door. And the Bible says that because of the prophet, that the Israel was able to escape the attack many times. See. And so one of the reasons why the Lord has not allowed the church go there is because prophets have been at the most tolerated, let alone celebrated. Because they are, it's like radar. Y'all, the body of Christ can be understood by just looking at the military. They have this one thing that is not the army, but without this one thing, that's what happened with Pearl Harbor. What is it called? It's called radar a mechanism that allows to see the enemy way off so you know how to avoid him or how to prepare so without that the church is not allowed to go deep because you have shut the radar off and because you have no radar you're just out there chugging along and then you wonder why there's a bombardment and with Pearl Harbor they destroyed everything brought them to their knees Okay, why? enemy was able to sneak in and the enemy Is never sleeping. He's always trying to figure out a way. Always. Always figure a way. Ministry like this. That's the reason why I've been dealing with crazy. Because where I'm going, the enemy knows the last thing. Y'all, just we know he ain't going to stop it. Just frustrate the boy. Do something. Because when this boy comes back from knack, they're going to kill us. (laughs) That's what it's about. Okay? So, just remember that. Simple word. You know, my stuff is more pastoral. You know, let me say something, y'all. When it comes to giving the word, you're not trying to be deep. There's different ways to give a word. Some people, they give it more preachy. Some people, they give it more serious. Lisa be, wow, she's pulling my bam, bam, bam. With me, I float around to make sure I get it all out, and I teach as I come in out of it, because it stays there. But that's the last thing is, is just remembering that that's what you are, not only to this church, but to other places. And that's something that just you don't see today in the United States. You don't see. You know, it's, it's, the Lord sometimes giving me a picture of me, and, I, and I'm on a ship. And you know those big, they're not steering wheels, but you know those big, what do you call those steering wheels? Steering wheels. And, 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 um, um, Carl, let me use you for example. We're going to flip it. Just, this is a terrible example. Here, take this. Yeah, just face the congregation. So she's me and I'm Lisa. The Lord always gives me glimpses of this, is that, is that I'm steering this ship and I'm steering the ship. And all you see is Lisa on my shoulder doing this. It's crazy the little step little short. But see, y'all, this thing this requires trust. This requires respect. This requires if the Lord gave you this, then why would you be a fool and shut it down? You know what I'm saying? See, so with where we're going, oh trust me. They are uh, my my sister. Marseille always say they, say they don't see y'all coming no nope. let me tell you something um, we're going to be fully public but still under the radar at the same time how is it the biggest church in the world nobody knows about it over in Nigeria no they know about that church yeah they, they they have a wisdom yeah don't don't get out there showboating they're like we need to stay up under the radar and just build this thing build it for the sake of the kingdom not for the sake of social media Build it for the sake of the kingdom, not for the sake of, look at us, we got the biggest church. Build it for the sake of the kingdom, not for the purpose of hoping that some magazine puts us on the fastest growing church list and then they interviewing us for conferences and all that type of stuff. Yeah, that's why this man is right underneath the radar, locking this planet down. Satan can't do nothing with that food. I'm sorry. We, not, not him. I'm, you know, I had Satan on my mind, so the food word food came out of my mouth. Okay, so here, let's go ahead and stand. Go ahead and stand, Lisa. I'm just praying for you. Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, O Lord God, for grace, O Lord God, to run this race. Thank you, O Lord God, for her authority coming forth fully in the name of Jesus. Nothing to be afraid of, nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to hold back from. Thank you, O Lord God, that the gifting that you have placed in her, O Lord God, it will come upon others. She will raise up others. To be like it was in the Old Testament, oh Lord God, when they had teams and schools of prophets, oh Lord God. Men who knew the times and the season, Men who even knew when a heavenly chariot was going to come down and take their master. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for covering her. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ, O oh Lord God. Lead her and guide her. Thank you, Lord God, for raising up people to pray for her and protect her and to be a shield around all that she does, O oh Lord God. Thank you, O Father God, that she will lead many to their next destination. She will lead many to their next level of blessing. She will destroy an unlimited amount of creatures, O Lord God, all of people. Thank you, O Lord God, for her eyesight. Thank you, Lord God, for her mind sight. Thank you, O Lord God, for her gifting increasing greatly in the Jesus mighty name. So I thank you, O Lord God, for doing these things. Thank you, O Father God, for gracing us with her gifting and the gifting of others helping us to restore what has been lost we bless and honor you and thank you for it in jesus mighty name we pray amen thank you lord god hallelujah thank you lord jesus it's going to be very important that
0: this church is held true The Lord woke me up this morning, and when I was in prayer, He started telling me things from my past, and He started showing me where He was taking me, and it was so scary to me, because I never did it before. And He told me, He said, to seal everything that I'm saying, He said, your pastor going to give you a word today. I'm telling you everything that he was speaking. Confirmed everything God told me this morning. And I be trying so hard sometimes to get here. And the Lord told me that wasn't good enough and that I had to get with him. So him saying that, I know that was God on point. I battled so much. I battled so much. And I'm like, God, which way do I go? How do I go about this? This is all new to me. And I had told pastor a couple of weeks ago, I said, I don't know how, but I know I need to sit down with you and run. Because things God was giving me that was new, it's different. I don't know where to go, like who to talk to about it. Because unfortunately, I haven't seen no prophets here in the U.S. that I can look to for what God is showing me. So he showed me somebody in Africa that would be similar, is doing similar to what I'll be doing. And I see things, I can't explain it. But I just want to say, I thank God for y'all. I, y'all. I thank God for heart. I thank my best friend. We were like sisters. And she lost her son on her birthday on Thursday. And I was looking at all the women that was there supporting her. But I could see the destruction all around her. And at that moment, I was so grateful for the church that I belong to. I was so grateful to have y'all in my life. Because I'm seeing pastors that are sleeping with people, and these people are all around, and I'm looking at y'all continue to say and do the same thing, but my nephew gone. My nephew's not here, and he didn't know Jesus. And my heart was grieved, and I said, Lord, help me to be better, because I don't want to lose another one. God's watch that he has for me. And I say to you, I take that responsibility. And if God give me breath, I promise to do what God called me to do because I love him and I love God's people and I love y'all. I love
1: y'all.
0: I pray all the time for heart. For those that are in your families that I don't even know, I pray for this nation. I pray for Israel. I pray for Africa. I pray for Australia. These are places just God just put on me. And I be tired sometimes. But even in my tiredness, He allowed me to say, just sleep and rest. Get up and move again. So I want to say thank you for your obedience. Thank you so much.
2: I have one more in just a second, and it will be done. It, y'all, it's all, how I many you know, it is so hard to move away from a prison mentality. It just really is. Why most guys go back to prison is because there was no platform to show them how to operate in freedom. And I told, I think I mentioned that Wednesday, it's very unfortunate, and I'm going to be, especially when I come back, be very, very careful what I say about other places. From time to time I will have to say something. You know, but that's something the Lord was speaking to me about. Is that an natural prison is full of doctors and lawyers and inventors and salesmen and teachers and pastors and prophets and full of them. And 99% of them will not fulfill what they were called to do because they're stuck in a prison. But the same thing is going on in the body of Christ. Most churches are a imprisonment type church where they want you to be what they want you. They don't want you to be where you believe you're supposed to be. You know, I was talking to somebody this week. I really don't know. Okay, I'm going to admit, I I could be a tad bit off and a little bit wrong. That's why I don't believe, when it comes to spiritual things, that's why I don't believe in those assessment tests to determine where you're supposed to be. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't. Where you go to church and they they have you fill out all of this information about this, this, this. And as you fill out this information, they they, they didn't determine, oh, you're best suited for the choir. Oh, you best suited for a teacher. or you best suited for here. Okay? Well, the problem with that is that just because you're gifted in any area doesn't mean that's your calling. It might just be that you are gifted. Because the Bible says, you know, truth be told, the Bible says we can do all things through Christ. So, truth be told, you can develop a gift. You can give your... Look, uh, uh, Paul said to Timothy, he said, make sure you still have a gift that's in you because I laid hands on you. You understand know what, what I'm saying? So, instead of teaching people how to... I don't know who, oh, I know I was talking to, this girl I was talking to Sunday. Because she was asking me about certain things, and I was like, excuse me? I said, did I make you, or did your Heavenly Father? She said, Heavenly Father. I said, well, don't you think he should be the one telling you what you should be doing and not me? So my job is to teach you how to connect with your Heavenly Father. It's real stupid for him to make you, and he can't show you what to do. That's retarded to me, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, okay. So, but let me say this, and this is a word for Lisa, and this is a word for you all. In order for the Lord to take you to the place He wants you to be at, it can't look the same. It can't. You know, and, and I know for some of you, you know, i particularly her, a couple of others, you know, um, um, well, I'll just give the word to her. You have to develop things as though none of us exist. The only way for me to get people to understand this is for me to tell them, like in her particular case, okay. This is how you develop it. There are no pastors in the planet, and there are no other pastors. There are no other preachers, and there are no other prophets. And you're the only one. And you don't have to answer to nobody except God. How would you develop it then? Most pastors don't tell their people that. That's why we're not winning. We look. At, we got every excuse. Well, you know. Seem like too many people like it, Lisa. I think she's taking the people away from me. They ain't your people, fool. You know what I'm saying? So, I understand that it's a hard thing to get past. I've had to tell people, look, the only way for you to prove that I'm not like others is to get out there and jump out there fully like I told you to see if I'm open. And that's a really bad feeling, you all. Okay? So, that's the deal. I'm excited. Y'all excited? Y'all, Lord is creating us a of superman. Y'all ain't. So, you know, and let me say something about what she said y'all what where the Lord is taking us to you gonna have to be faithful because this is going to turn you out you're supposed to come to church tired sometimes you're supposed to drive through the rain and sir let me tell you something one of the reasons why I'm man are you, how are you this morning got all these faithful people I said because I was faithful a hundred percent first one there last one to leave us man I would take a week of vacation to go serve at the church they wonder why I'm walking to some of the stuff I'm walking to do. You have to learn, because you're not doing it for me, you're doing it for the Lord. And when you are not faithful, whether it be ushering, whether it be children, whether it be you getting here late, whether you're just coming whenever you want to, you are affecting and hampering our efforts to move with speed. How am going to increase by 3,000, 4,000 people in one year, and we can't get people to be here. That's very, very important. Hmm. I'm not going to put this social media statement up. I don't know where this stuff comes from. I was driving. I heard myself say this yesterday. I need everybody, but I don't need nobody.
1: <laughs>
2: Andre and Joe. Y'all just come up for a second. That'll be the last one. I just wanted to... Y'all, I was, uh, I was praying yesterday. And uh, and uh, this is just very, very simple. It's a scripture in the Bible. You ever read it uh, in Ananias? When it said that... Uh, for the audience... Yes, Ananias, when uh, was such a big giver and such a big prayer that when salvation was available to uh, the Gentiles, God made sure that he was the first one that got
1: saved.
2: Yeah, you go back and read that story, okay? And, and so that that experience with Ananias showed Peter and them. Oh, apparently now the Gentiles can get saved too. Because of this one experience, I think I'm telling the right story, yes. And so, but, so the, 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 the word that the Lord wanted me to share with you, it was really, really simple. It was nothing deep. You, might, you might, might be millionaires next month or something. If you do, just give me a piece, you know. I'm just playing. Unless you get it.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: But, but the same, but uh, Ananias, this, the, what the Lord wanted you to uh, hear and understand was what was said about Ananias what was said about Ananias is the angel showed up to him and said you've been doing things for a while but it's come up in remembrance before God and so so it might be in an area that you may not think but the Lord wanted me to say that he has something special in his store for you all in the future for many things but one in particular your willingness to open up your home to help people get from one destination to another. Hey. You know what I'm talking about. Hey. And and whether it helps you a little bit or not, that's a whole lot to let people in your home to be a safe haven for them. Because they let folk in their home, they got keys. More than one key. Okay? And it was very, very simple. See, there are things, remember God says He looks at the details? And see, and so, and your willingness to do that allows the Lord to work with individuals to get them from one destination point to another. And so, because you were the vehicle that allowed them to get from one destination to another, the Lord then, as a return to you, has it then take you to your next destination. Understand what I'm saying? So that's all it was. The Lord just wanted to say that he remembers and he sees all that y'all are doing. And that it means more to him than you would ever know. Because the Lord loves people, particularly the downtrodden and those that are not doing well. Those come with the greatest rewards. So y'all stretch your hands toward them. Y'all both take my hand. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray, O Lord God, for a sevenfold return on their giving. They have opened up their home, O Lord God. They have been a blessing to people. have a heart to help, oh Lord God. So I pray that you would advance them, you would increase them, you would grace them, oh Lord God, that you would take them to their next level of prosperity, oh Lord. Their next level of ambition. Open up doors, oh Lord God. Direct them in the way that you would have them to go. Many are the plans in their minds, but you will be the one who will direct their steps, oh Lord. I thank you, oh Lord God, that as a result of what they have done for others, the same shall they receive from the Lord. You will give them the desires of their heart. You will take them to the level that you desire them to be. Thank you. You will give them, O Lord God, what is in their heart. And they will never fail. They will never falter. They will never know lack. Because they were a safe haven for some who operated in life. So I thank you, Lord God, that as a result of it, they will never know it. Thank you, Lord God, that much provision will come in the future even for their children because they have taken care of your children. You will take care of their children. So I thank you, Lord God, for the resources that have been poured out of on their address. You will direct them. You will lead them. And you, most of all, Lord Lord God, will remember them forever. And their reward will be great on the other side as a result of them serving your people. We bless and honor you and thank you for it now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All the brief with that said. Amen, 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 hallelujah. Lift your hands and give God thanks and praise for a second. Thank you, O Lord God. all of you, it's easy to forget these things, you know, if you don't pray this way, you know, we can have someone minister to you, but praying in tongues has always been important, but it's always even more, it's more important today, Uh, it's, it's about, Kenneth Hagin has 10, I have about 6 or 7, could be more than that one dude he wrote a book 60 60 some reasons you should pray another time i was like oh dude that's just too much just keep it keep it under 10 (laughs) i was reading that thing i was getting confused (laughs) so but um but the thing is is that that allows you to go down that road faster it just does you know i one of the things that said my wife will tell you uh jesus made a statement he said my meat or food is to do the one the will of God. To do the will of the one who sent me. And so uh true shepherds, true pastors are never never satisfied. True ones. I mean we got a lot of false ones. We got a lot of self exalted ones. We got a lot of them, we don't even know what they are. You're just a singing preacher in a pulpit and the song ain't even good. Okay, so that's another story. You know, but true ones ones, they, they they get their satisfaction from seeing the people experience what the Heavenly Father has for them. And, and so it can be grieving because sometimes, you know, I have to watch people live lower, live ragged. There are times that the Lord has told me that He had things for people. Okay. There have been, about two or three times, people have come in the sanctuary and the Lord would tell me, He said, they'd be millionaires if they get on top of these things. I mean, it's just so you know you know it's it's an amazing thing because uh the bible says satan blinds the minds of those that believe unbelief has to do with satan blinding your mind you know and it's and it's amazing to me so you know i'm encouraging you somewhere along the line you have to take your life seriously with God and say you know what I can watch TV for three four hours i can Go shopping for three, four hours. You know, I can do whatever else for three, four hours. You know, but why do I just give God the minimum? You know, I mean, just what I was dealing with yesterday, and you know, just knowing that that's how that works. I mean, just, I mean, when I tell you it was like every cell in my body was off, my body was off, my mind was off. It was, I mean, I was just, I was just off. You know, I said, maybe I need to go to the movies. I said, no, I better not do that. And, I mean, I was just really, really off. It was it was like the world was spinning. My body was off. I'm getting a pain here, a pain there, a headache here, a headache. I, it's just delirious. And so I said, you know what I'm going to do. And so I sat there. And, and this was the, it's the master weapon that most people don't use. They can kill anything. I sat there. And I just sat and I, lay, I laid my head over, you know, the couch and just lay my pillow. I just started praying in tongues. just started praying in tongues. And at first it was laborious. It was hard, you know, because I'm trying to pray in tongues. I mean, you know, there's some things you go through and you don't want to pray. You don't want to sing. You don't want to read. You just want to lay there and soak. Deliver me, oh Lord, because I'm so lazy right now. Just come on and touch me with your Holy Ghost wand. You know you love me. You want to do stuff like that sometimes. And the Lord won't do it sometimes. He's like, no, because that's not how you overcome. Okay, you don't overcome by laying there. You overcome by warfare. And... So I sat there. And then after a few minutes, I noticed... That when I was praying in tongues, I could tell, I could tell that it was the Holy Spirit giving commands through the language. I could, you know, some of, some of you that pray, you know what I'm talking about, where if you're praying in tongues in your own strength, and then something takes you over, and you're like, no, this is another being here doing this. You can tell that the words that are coming out of you, this is something else. Yeah and so that I was in that dimension when you get over when you're at that point that's when the Holy Ghost has taken you over and now he is destroying the armies that have come against you then when they are completely destroyed you enter or it's either that you destroy them or you rise above them there's a movie I can't remember what it was if I thought about it long enough I will remember and that really is true because uh, spirits always exist he said something he said you never destroy your demons you just rise above them and that's what praying in tongues does. Is that it lifts you above the atmosphere where they are and allows you to soar and to be free. And so your spirit ascends above them and then, boom, your peace comes back. Something about being in the sky is very peaceful. Okay. And so, so you know, but these are things that the Lord gives you now. Watch this. Had I not done that little two and a half hour of praying in tongues, I would have came to church miserable. Bad attitude. Okay. The dream could have been showing me what was, because in many ways the dream was showing me what was working against me to stir up stuff. Okay, let me tell you something. When God is getting ready to take you someplace, the visit, the, the enemy will visit the folk around you. Because watch this, watch this. you get free. You'll pray in tongues for two hours, and now you're at peace. But all the folk around you are not. <laughs> it's just okay. So, you know, the Lord has a plan for us all. There are people that you all are supposed to meet, things you are supposed to do, experiences that you are supposed to have. There are people that you are supposed to help, things that you are supposed to give, and things that you are supposed to receive. And it will only happen if you're on the right path. And the major way that you stay on that path is two big major things, and that is, can Jesus come to your life and say, Ooh, over here you just flat out living in sin. You're dead wrong. You have to repair that and change that, and then the second thing is spending time in the Word, pray. You know, it's, it's funny. The Bible says meditate the Word, how often, day and night. And He said you will automatically start being successful. We read the Bible every once in a while, and then got an attitude and depressed on why we're not a success. And He say read it day and night for a couple of weeks, and then some success might show up. This is a life stop. That one revelation right there. Not reading the Bible daily. I mean, getting into it like it's the only book in on the planet. Like there is, let me tell you something, let me tell you when you know you are there. When you start reading and studying the Bible, like you are the only Christian in the planet, God is holding you responsible for teaching everybody else what it says. There is no TV, there are no computers, and there are no smartphones. There is no internet. And there is only one book, the Bible. When you start studying and reading that way, you'll fly so high to scare you. But we got too much stuff vying for our attention. We got too many substitutes. We got too many, uh, what do you call them? Thank you, distractions. And um, it's only the last thing that we've done. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Um, the, one of the reasons why this last day church is considered greater than the church that went before us is because we have to do what they did with the distractions. And, and I know this may seem funny, but, y'all, I, I'm just being real with you. It can be hard to set the Internet down. It can be hard to turn that television off. Because the way that they craft these shows now, man, they, I just finished watching one called The Bodyguard. Man, that was off the chain. What been I sitting up here with our potato just, man, this is off the chain. Man, they got some stuff, that, I mean, sports, movies, videos, music. I mean, the world is at your fingertips. Social media has a spirit that just makes you stay on it all day long. Well, guess what? This is not rude. But the people in the Old Testament, in the book of Acts, they didn't have none of that. So it was easier for them to fellowship. It was easy for them to pray all day. It was easy for them to read the Bible all day. It was, all, it was easy for them to be at the church every day. Wasn't no other place to go. They didn't have malls. They didn't have entertainment centers. They didn't have restaurants. You know what I'm saying? They, you couldn't go to the movies. So it was easier. I know this ain't strange, it? but it was easier for them to be committed to the things of God when there wasn't much else to do. So the reason why the reward for us is greater is we have to do more than what they did in the face of all of this secular opposition and for those that overcome that, that's why they'll be the greatest that's why those in heaven say that they the Bible talks about the great cloud of witnesses the people that have been caught up to heaven, say when they talk to an individual up there, they say we watch y'all they said because you all were given the honor of being in the planet earth for the last battle because what you all have to overcome was not even close to what we had to overcome Okay, and so for that you got to have a new way, because the old ways don't work. If the old ways work, we'd be in revival right now. If the old ways work, everybody would be free. If the old ways work, we wouldn't have to walk through all of oppression and get ourselves clear. You know, I'm really—I mean, I think about my own kids and even some of our own kids, y'all. For us to have younger kids growing up at this church, they don't—they're not going to have to unlearn nothing. I mean. Y'all, we just started studying dreams, I don't know, three, two, three years ago. My kids are grooming. My kids talk about dreams like it ain't nothing. I mean, just, you oh, know, Daddy, can I come show you my dream? And, you yeah, all just share it with them. We try to go over something. Well, my daughter, Rachel, she has some dreams. You know, I just I just tell Rachel, Rachel, I have no idea what the Lord is telling you. We're going to have to both pray. <laughs> That's what I tell Rachel sometimes. Some of her stuff is just off the chain. Just, you know, but then my kids have interpreted my dreams. I mean, our kids are downstairs sometimes. You know, they down there at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. They're supposed to be in the bed. They're down there doing all... Sometimes they watching TV. Sometimes they're doing their own thing. Sometimes they're having discussions about the things of God. Because they didn't have a father or a church that told them, Oh, no, their dream stuff, that's of the devil. Okay, that prophetic stuff, that's of the devil. Oh, you got to be careful about this. And we got to be careful about that. When actually they're supposed to be the ones running everything. The witches should be telling their folk, yeah, you better be careful when you get around them Christians, boy. You, that's a slippery slope. You go up in there, and next thing you know, you leave out speaking in tongues and talking about Jesus as Lord, and you about to go buy you a fancy Bible, and you're going back next Sunday. Yeah, you got to be careful around them folk. No, it's the other way around. We telling our folk to be, we telling the light to be afraid around the darkness. What? Be afraid of the? Please. So. I know, and I, I can say that to y'all. Okay, I I there's some things that you, you can say it, but you can't say it publicly because people on a lower level, they don't understand it. But, but y'all, but in this place, we're about to create some monsters. Y'all know what I'm saying? There's definitely no real monster. You're about to see some monsters. And so, so I don't, I, you know, and like Lisa said, we can feel it. We can feel it, but we don't know quite what it is we just know that what it is this right here is going to kill everybody so
3: hallelujah um while pastor was speaking in the spirit i seen a new mantle dropping on him and previously, in a vision that I had seen of him, I actually seen him in the spirit. What he looked with his armor on as a general, and um, I can. My pastor is very powerful. But this journey and this destiny point is actually going to exchange part of his armor and give him a new armor for the journey ahead. And as I was uh, seeing this, the Lord also said that what is transpiring in his life with the new mantle, the Lord is also mantling Lionheart Church. And it goes with... um prophetess lisa's word that as we cross over we are positioning ourselves as we move forward we're positioning ourselves and we lift up our hands and god by the spirit is giving us a new mantle to cross over into the next assignment into the next journey into the next business adventure and everything that we need and we're going to be mantled with it and it will cause the resources the people and everything that you need in your life will align to the mantle in Jesus name
2: glory to God lift your hands give God thanks for that oh hallelujah I have an addition to that Because as she was speaking The Lord said The mantle is not new It's new for you But it's old to me And then as she was saying that The Lord gave me a picture Of in scripture Okay Elijah He carried that mantle So It was was old for him But it was new For the guy that took over So So what was old to him It was new To the guy that was moving To his next destination point But the scene that the Lord showed me is that when he picked up that mantle after his old man was gone, he did something. It says he took the mantle and he said, where is the God of my father? And he said he hit the water with that mantle and the water parted like the Red Sea. So, so this thing that she's talking about, is meant to move some stuff out your way. It's meant to. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It's meant to part some things so you can walk into another dimension and on the other side of that Red Sea was the land of Canaan. Okay? So I told you we lost a place. Seven years, I would have never known in a million years that it would have took this long just to learn and just to start. It took this long So I was looking at other people. I didn't know because I didn't have no path to go by. And when you don't have a path to go by, you keep asking everybody else for direction.